Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all sorts of pre-owned inventory. That's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Lots more football to get into today. Ryan Snyder from on3sports.com is going to join us at 4.06. Signing day tomorrow for Penn State to bring in, bring in that highly sought and highly anticipated 2023 class. I'm sorry, 2022 class, I should say. So I'll be coming up at 4.06 today with a preview on that. And we'll have plenty more on that tomorrow. And we'll have Neil Kulong today with the latest on the Steelers and that abysmal loss to the Vikings Thursday night. But the Steelers did get, actually, a lot of help Sunday with a couple of different losses as far as the playoff race goes. They are not out of it yet with the wild card by any means. I was looking at you have a ton of teams that are tied at seven and six, and of course the Steelers are six six and one right now. So they actually lucked out in that case, in terms of being able to stay in it from that loss to the Vikings. And of course with the Vikings win, they are of course well in the thick of things for the NFC side of things. And speaking of the NFC side of things, the the Rams get a big, big win against the Cardinals last night. Neither I, King, nor Steve picked the Rams last night. That was an impressive win for them. And Aaron Donald actually did some stuff last night with two sacks. Yeah, so the AFC side of things, you got the Colts, the 6 seed right now at 7-6, and six, the Bills 7-6, and six, the seventh seed. Browns, first team on the outside looking in, then the Bengals, then the Broncos, then the Steelers. Bengals lost. Bills lost. So they got a couple losses to go in their favor if you're the Steelers. Raiders losing too also helped for the Steelers. Dolphins are also 6-7. Uh, and seven. 
those are the other teams that are alive right now and then back to the NFC real quick the Packers now are the one seed at 10 and 3 as they have tiebreakers now over the Bucks and Cardinals who are 2 and 3 then it's the Cowboys at 9 and 4 Rams 5 9 and 4 49ers 7 and 6 the 6th spot Washington still has the 7th seed and of course they play the Eagles this week talked to Dave Sangaro yesterday and you can check that out on the podcast Vikings right there at 6 and 7 as well so are the Falcons and the Saints so a lot to go through a lot's cloudy in the both playoff races right now in the NFL but in terms of where we go from here in the league is going to be really interesting because COVID it's been relatively quiet this year in terms of not being too much of an issue but just over the last 48 hours it's really starting to become a headache again across the league and that's what's going to make also be a huge monkey in the wrench here in this final leg of the season not only do you have a group of these teams battling for playoff positioning and just to get in but now you got COVID going across the league 36 positive cases yesterday as we mentioned toward the end of the show and you got more issues today we talked about yesterday with Washington how they have a few they closed two guys or four players total two guys were on the practice squad so the Eagles have that in their favor this week they did place two players on on the COVID-19 list today one of them being Quez Watkins so that's something to keep an eye on but not as alarming as some of the other teams have faced including the Cleveland Browns who of course play Saturday afternoon this week the the two the Saturday games begin this week across the league you have the Browns and the Raiders at four and then Patriots Colts the night game on Saturday and the Browns have eight players in COVID protocols today including Jarvis Landry forcing them to go virtual because they now have to put in the enhanced NFL COVID protocols so they have to go virtual in terms of their game preparation week so it could be That's... interesting we got an interesting couple of days here in the NFL and at Penn State Steve yeah, yeah. Well, tomorrow's interesting because of Letter Intent Day. Of course. Yeah. Well, we got well, we got Mr. Snyder coming on to break it all down and set it up. Absolutely. We will set it all up for you in no uncertain terms. He is outstanding at it. Look, I, I think everybody knows that somebody who's done this for a long time, for a long time, that I don't do much of anything when it comes to recruiting. It's not my area of expertise. Um, I don't have to, um, and not only that, because of the recruiting rules, because of the recruiting rules, I can't talk about it anyway until they sign. Once they sign, I can talk about them all over the place. But I've only seen three of them play. And I'll tell you which three tomorrow that I've seen play. So I've seen three of them play. But that's that's been it. 
So, if you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys that gets on the show and goes, well, you know, they're really, you know, this guy's the number 12 quarterback and he's the number 8 uh, quarterback. They, you know, these guys don't know the difference between 8 and 12. I mean, they're just like, we'll do a list. Okay. I remember one time I said to somebody that's, that's really into recruiting. I said, um, what's the difference between the, the 11th tight end and the 12th? And I got a lot I said, I know what you don't know. I said, how do you put together a list and you can't tell the difference between the two? And I'm not going to sit there and tell you who the 11th tight end is and 12th tight end. I have no idea. I don't know. My job is to do, talk about them once they get here. Now I get to, you know. I have the major advantage of seeing practice, seeing now once they go up against comparable talent. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I mean, that's a big deal, okay? And, um, but I'm excited about what they've been able to do because I've talked, the, I, I've, I, I should say this, I have talked a lot with, the assistant coaches with Kenny Sanders and Alan Zemaitis about all these guys. So I've got a really, from them, I have a really good feel about what they think about the class and why. So I've got that. I mean, that, I mean that, that's the background I have is from the people that know and have done the scouting I've done the contact and things like that. That's where I get my knowledge from. But, yeah. Uh, then the, let's see, the uh, Steelers take on Tennessee. That's an exciting matchup. Uh, we'll talk to Neil Coolong about that. And then um, the the Eagles have a, another meaningless game of under 500 teams. <laughs> oh, contraire. They're under 500. I, I think it's embarrassing. If there's an under 500 wild card team, embarrassing. As much as I agree, it's embarrassing. It is what it is. It's embarrassing. Well, this Meanwhile, is why we shouldn't have had a third wild card team. And I, and I even well, said the that. other conference, the other conference has no problem with it. The other conference has teams left and right that are not in the playoffs that are over 500. But barely. You got a bunch well, barely of barely what? You're, in other words, you're everybody in that in the in that. On that side, it's going to be over 500 in the playoffs. That's what, with four games to play, they're all not going to fall below 500. Possibly, as of now. I mean, they I mean, could. Possibly. There's, there's, three teams that, there's three teams not in it that are over 500. Yeah, but if there's, they're one game so above 500, every, so if they lose out, they could be under. No, if you looked at the schedule, it's impossible. They can't. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen the schedule, so that that's another issue. Okay, now you got, you know, and then you got this clown show. You got, you know, I mean, it is a clown show. It's, I mean, the Eagles are a clown show. Uh, taking on Washington, which, like, you know, is all banged up. I mean, the Eagles don't even have that excuse. Things are setting up for them nicely. I will give you that. Because they're playing a lousy. Look, this, it's supposed to set up that way. When you play a last-place schedule, 
it's supposed to open up doors for you. That's how the league is designed. The Eagles, to their credit, are taking advantage, justifiably, of how the league is designed. The league is designed to have a lousy team, (coughs) Philadelphia, okay, to play other, quote, (coughs) lousy teams, Detroit, the Jets, and get wins. I mean, think about that. Two of your wins are against the Jets and Detroit. Fair. I mean, who else in the in the NFC East is playing Detroit and the Jets? Nobody. Because of the last place schedule. Now you take advantage of it. You got to win those games. You need to win those games. No getting around it. And they, you know, and they have been winning those games and the Giants game notwithstanding but that's a division game that's a game they have to play you get handed on a silver platter Detroit and the Jets you're six and seven against the rest of the league you're four and seven whoops how good are you now I'm not saying any of these teams are going to the Super Bowl but it's a big game because there's playoffs on the line, whether we like yeah, it or not. Right. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. I think I'll watch a Hallmark movie. All right. Um, Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. There might be more actual action in the game, in the Hallmark <laughs> movie. Hey, let's go to the tree lighting and have some hot chocolate. Wow, there's more action there than there is in that Eagles-Washington uh, game. Anyway, I'm, I'm driving over anyway. I may listen to the game on the radio. I'm driving over anyway. I'm going to go to the holiday party for an hour. I'm not going to waste all that money on Great Poupon. Well, that goes without saying. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, went, I went out and bought a couple of jars, you know, anticipating once again, you know, because we all know who's in charge of the, the party. S-U-I-T, that spells Suta! I think he thinks we're going to have a weenie roast. I mean, at least buy some York peppermint patties or something. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors and News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> So you can be under 500, and it's a successful. Wow. Guess we all have different levels of success in our lifetime. Uh, I mean, I got a guy. I got a guy on the other end is jumping up and down. We're gonna make the playoffs. Like, what? Really? Yeah, I guess the whole thing is to get in, right? Well, once you make the tournament, you're in the tournament. But you're all excited about an under five 
hundred team. True. I wouldn't call it excited. I would call it um, heavily intrigued. We we got a chance. Yeah. At 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 what? at least get in that's really great (laughs) that's great beat the Jets and the Lions get the lingerie on the deck call the janitor those games count right I'm just checking last time I was told Wow. And the suit's got a 6-6-1 and one team. If it wasn't for the tie, they'd have the same record. Exactly. And they tied Detroit. Correct. Tied Detroit. Which is why we need to get rid of ties. Yeah, the tie thing is... That's... Ooh, that's that's hard. The reason is is but how, how many minutes you expected to play. You know what I mean? That's the issue. Is how many minutes are you expected to play? Uh, to be honest with you, the two point conversion thing, I hated that. Oh, me too. I was like, what the heck? I mean, even at Penn State 1, I wouldn't be sitting there going, hey, that was great. I was doing it live. I didn't think it was great. (laughs) Okay. And there's not many that like it that we've talked to. No, but, I mean, I understand why they're doing it because of the number of plays. But, geez, I don't know. All right, we're going to talk what to Neil next half hour. Is that what we're going to do? Sound Schedule right to two. You? Yeah. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Eh, maybe the budget says pre-owned inventory. Well, it has the Sunbury Motors guarantee. That has strength to it. I mean, it should mean everything to you. Your trade-in's never been worth more. You have a sales staff that is going to work with you. Oh, they wanted to make the sale? Of course they do. But they, you know, but you get repeat business because you walk out of there going, boy, I was treated really great by those people at Sunbury Motors. And a fabulous service department. Difficult, routine inspections. They do a great job. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, let's uh, now turn our attention. Uh, we talked about the Eagles earlier. Let's turn our attention now to the Steelers. Bring in the outstanding Neil Kulong, sir. Welcome. Always great to have you with us. As always, it is great to be here. Thank you for having me. This is a weird team. Is that fair to say? Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I watch the Baltimore game. They, I watch Baltimore. They do nothing for for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden a spurt. Minnesota, they do nothing for a long period of time, and then suddenly a spurt. I can't figure them out. They they are uh, simply put, it, it's it, it's taking them far longer to figure out what their opponent is doing and what they can do to be successful in a game than it's taking their opponent. And at the same time, what you see in the NFL, and this has been true for the better part of two decades now, getting up on a team big it really is the surest way to guarantee another team going on a similar run. Right. What you have is it's conflicting philosophies. When you're down 29 to rip, you're, you're probably going to open things up offensively. You're going to take more risks. Um, you're going to, to call things that – um, are are more immediate and not you're not concerned about field position for example when you're down by that much so you're going to let it rip a bit uh, at the same time the defense is going to play the clock more so than the opponent they're mm-hmm. going to defend the sidelines they're going to defend deep stuff and they're going to allow stuff to be completed underneath so really what they're doing is trying to sacrifice as much time as they can run the clock as much as they can until the other team gets inside the 20, and then you're, you're tightening up on defense probably a lot more. Field goals aren't getting you back in a 29 to nothing game, especially if it takes you five minutes to get there. So right. you're conceding points. They're going to come back. Um, the, the key difference for the Steelers in the, the two big epic but short comebacks that they've had lately um, against uh, the Chargers and against the Vikings on, on Thursday was – uh, takeaways. Their defense was able to get the ball back right. and continue kind of marching down the field. So they were able to increase their snap count in the second half. Obviously, that's not Minnesota's intention. They're playing very conservatively on offense. Um, they're going to throw the ball, but it's not going. They're they're really not going to take risks because the last thing they want to do is turn the ball over. And if it wasn't for a, a great play by Cam Hayward against the Chargers, they didn't get a takeaway in that game. So. Right. The defense made the plays happen uh, after, you know, flat out not showing up in the first half against Minnesota. That was legitimately one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and that includes two weeks ago against Cincinnati when they were down thirty-four to three at halftime. So you're you're looking at a team that is historically bad um, for for a good chunk of the game, and then they're able to make a play or two and give their offense a chance while they're in. You know, I don't give a bleep mode and, and are chucking the ball downfield and trying to make something happen. So it, it's not like it's good football. It's not like the Steelers are, are coming back um, to, to where they should have been to begin with. They, they put themselves into that spot. They got beat, you know, straight up by opponents that I think it's fair to say is, is probably a little bit better than the Steelers are. Not a whole lot, but Minnesota isn't a terrible team. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated this game for them in terms of you got to play the Ravens, and then three days later, you got to travel to a team that you don't play against very often. That's tough. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't right. think this was going to be a win anyway, and it certainly looked like it for a half. And they they got you know a little bit more composed, and they were able to to take it to the Vikings a little bit more. But in an even situation, they probably don't do that. It's just that's the way teams that are nursing a big lead are going to play. And one play got away from them, and that allowed Pittsburgh to, to you know, have a shot there at the end. So uh, it, we're not seeing good play from them overall. Um, it, it's it, at best inconsistent, and they've got a lot of things they need to fix. Uh, if they have any prayer of uh, a playoff berth, which hasn't really felt like 
it's been a true thing for the last couple of weeks, but their division, fortunately, doesn't seem to be all that good. Um, if, if they want to have any shot of that, they probably have to win three or four and all of them against AFC teams. And uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, Tennessee's a tough all. Kansas City's a tough all. Um, who knows what Baltimore and Cleveland are going to be. That, that's, that's hard. So um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's really going to be up in the air for them. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's now a four-game season. I don't think any team um, in the AFC North is going to win four straight now. So theoretically, uh, the division's still up in the air. How do you view the three prime rookies, Harris, Fryermuth, and Green? Um, it's, it, it's interesting. Those three are going to be, I think, more connected on on a similar plane than any other first three picks that the Steelers have made probably in a while. And the reason I say that is because uh, they were in, in very, very narrow windows. They were the player the team absolutely had to get. And in my opinion, they had to take them where they took them. Um there was a lot of talk. Farmouth is probably the one I would start with because there was a lot of talk that he probably wasn't worth uh, a second-round pick. I wasn't sure of that, just really from more of a blocking perspective. Um, if, if he's going to be somebody that, that needs time to develop as a blocker, I wanted to see probably a bit more out of him as a receiver. Um, he's proved that wrong. I think he's exceeded expectations in regards to a, uh, uh, a receiver. His blocking isn't great. It's not terrible, though. Uh, that's great for a rookie. So, you're really happy with that. You look above, you know, probably standard expectation for your second round pick. And the reason I go with him first is because you have to look at the running back almost as this is a priority free agent for us. This guy is from from Mike Tomlin's vantage point, from Kevin Colbert's perspective, not mine necessarily. He is the guy who does everything that we need we needed somebody to do last year and maybe our season finishes better. If we had that last year, we would have been better off. That, that's, that's a fair statement. So it's almost like they were drafting him a year late, but you know, for reasons that make sense, they absolutely needed a running back. And unfortunately they're in such a position that you can't look at the, the position above the player with a running back. It's really hard to do that because so many of them seem to have success from other rounds. Um, I have a problem with that, even though I, I tend to agree with it, because they have a running back's room full of guys that contradict the theory that you can just get a running back later. That's why they needed Najee Harris. Um, it, it's great to see James Conner having the success that he's having, but it, it, one, they saw that player in, in 2018. This is not new James Conner. This is James Conner. They've seen it. He's just been healthy and playing in a, a, a dynamic offense. You know, he's a, good, he's a good football player. I don't think anybody denied that. It, it's a question of whether or not he's going to stay healthy. Now, I don't know if you saw it, but he got hurt on the last play of the game last night. Right. Whatever it is that Kyler Murray was trying to do, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Talk about a team that needs to go over their, their two-minute stuff. It looks to me like yeah. Arizona hadn't discussed that's a, it all year. That's, a, that's okay. ESP, ESPN wasn't sure what they were doing either, so it's all right. <laughs> they told you all about it. It's another story into itself. All right. Yeah, we should, we should get into that. There's been some good ones. I've had a lot of conversations with people about that. It, it really seems to be kind of hitting ahead with a lot of people. Yeah. But it, as far as, as the, the Steelers' running back position goes, they needed Harris to come in and take those tough carries. You know, nobody in a, in a reasonable mind 
Nobody could have thought Najee Harris was going to go for five yards a pop this year. There's no way that was going to happen. He was going to have tough sledding all season long, and that's exactly why they needed him. So in a way, he was almost like a sacrificial lamb. But my line of thinking is now you you had to fill a running back because you needed a running back. Your tight ends group now has you've bolstered this because the Steelers running backs and tight ends last season were legitimately two of the worst position groups in all of the NFL. That's right. They were that bad. Okay. Nobody seems to recognize that. That's as much of the reason why they went after those positions in the first two rounds. And what this comes down to with Steelers fans usually is why didn't you draft Creed Humphrey? Because now pro football focus says that Creed Humphrey is the best center in the game. All right. Well, first off, Steve, I'm, I'm sure you've talked to somebody about this at some point. There is a weird thing with left-handed centers in across all levels. Yeah. They don't have left-handers under center. They just don't do that. They, they, they don't, and that's one of the reasons why. Now, it's not this year, but you notice Belichick always has a left-footed punter. Yep. I, um, because the spin of the ball is different, and the same thing yep. with a quarterback trying to get the spin of a ball with a left-handed center is different. I, I, I get that. I do get that. Um, here's my question. Why did Oklahoma play him at center? He's 6'5", 300. Seems like he could handle a, a, a guard's workload. It's not a tackle, even. You know what? You know what I'm seeing as a pattern that's happened in college football, Neil. Usually, you'll take your best offensive lineman and you're going to put him at center. And I've seen several teams do that, where a guy was playing guard, and suddenly the next year he's the center. I remember Ohio State doing that, for example, with Billy Price. I and the, you know, yeah. and I've seen this over and over again where I've seen teams to take a guy that was an outstanding guard and they made him a center the next year, like the keystone guy. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's a college thing more than anything else. And, and usually what you would see naturally is a, a college guard getting moved to center in the NFL. But uh, yes. I, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. The kid from Michigan a couple years ago, he played center in college. He's a guard with the Saints now. Yeah, and he's doing all right. It it it, it also it just seems like they, there's a much closer connection between guard and center now than there ever has been. Yeah, so I agree. It, it, here's on one hand, I'll I'll say this: I get the the rotation issue that you have with the lefty snapping the ball, but at the same time, if you're the Steelers, were were you super excited about your guard position? You know, did, right. is is Creed Humphrey not a guard? Right. Could he not play guard at that level? Right. I, a lot of things happen there. But what we know, if, if we look back on it, what we're going to see is, for whatever reason, I think it's because he's a lefty, but for whatever reason, the Steelers all but ignored Creed Humphrey. Yeah. And I don't think there's a team in the NFL that needed a center more than the Steelers did. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Pouncey was obviously going to retire. He didn't take too long into the offseason uh, to announce his retirement. So Kendrick Green coming in the third round, one manner of of thinking is another guy, by the way, who went from guard to center, exactly as you pointed out earlier. Exactly. So were they that enamored with Kendrick Green? Did they really like Kendrick Green, or was Kendrick Green kind of the odd man out of a draft that absolutely had to walk away with starting-level running back and a starting-level tight end? I don't know, but this is going to be the question that goes on, and I think we're not really going to have the next dimension of the answer until after the offseason. Are they going to stick with Kendrick Green at center? There's nothing that says you have to. I don't, you know, Steelers fans seem to think that 
Kendrick Green was drafted and signed a 12-year contract. You know, the, the NFL doesn't work like that. You, you don't need to draft anybody that has to play at that spot for 12 years, okay? It's like a three-year at most league. Right. You know, Colbert and Tomlin are not coaching 12 years down the line. They never have. So they're not going to now, certainly not because of Kendrick Green. Wow. So it, it, I don't know what they're going to do at center. I know that they're not getting good play from their center right now. I think it's fair that there aren't many third-round draft picks that start basically every snap for a team. Um, Green hasn't done a whole lot of positive things. Nope. So I don't know if they're sold on him long term. But I also think that he is probably the guy that they had to take when they took him and they had to play him. So it's a weird set of circumstances for the Steelers, and that was really their entire offseason. Well, if you were going to keep a guy because that's where he started his career, Larry Brown never would have played tackle. He had been a tight end yep. the entire time. You know, people yep. forget he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl against yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. All right, They got Tennessee this week. What do you like about the matchup, Neil? And Neil, what don't you like about the matchup? Uh, I don't like many things about the matchup. You know, here's the thing. I find, I'm sure you're going to like this and, and a, a Penn State audience will enjoy it as well. I find Mike Rabel to be kind of boorish, obnoxious, <laughs> He's going to get himself into trouble doing something at some point. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't totally bother me, but he's the kind of guy that if if a Titans team got really good over three years, like they won a Super Bowl and they were in contention for two others, he would be hated. He would I be imp- would really impossible not like to live with. Yeah, he's just not a, a real likable guy, I don't think. But part of that is... I have to admire the job that he's done with this team. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I said at the beginning of the year, if you want to bet money on any team regressing to a high level this season, it's the Tennessee Titans. And that's mostly because last year, it did next to nothing to fix that defense after Dean Pease retired. Mm-hmm. They, were a, they were a horrible defensive team. Yeah. They were embarrassing, especially toward the end of the year. He didn't do anything to fix that. He just went out and bought Bud Dupree, grossly overpaid for, for Bud Dupree. <laughs> as much as I like Bud Dupree, that's a that's a markup if I've ever seen one. Yeah. You know, he's not gonna fix anything for you. I had no faith in that team whatsoever. And on top of that, um, with Mike Smith getting uh, hired by the Falcons, you had Todd Downing replacing him. Todd Downing has not been successful as an offensive coordinator in the NFL at all. I mean, he, he was with Del Rio and the Raiders, and they fired Del Rio pretty quickly after that season ended. That was his right. one, one job doing it. Arthur Smith, I think I called him Mike Smith uh, earlier. Yeah, Arthur, right. Smith Arthur Smith yeah. was, was the offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith was a genius. Um, mm-hmm. Great coordinator. He did a great job with what they had offensively. And he got a head coaching job uh, largely on the steam of getting a run-first offense to be that productive and that difficult to, to play against. Todd Downing is not Arthur Smith. No. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yet, Titans are, are the third seed with the same record as the two seeds ahead of them right now. And they're playing really good football. And that came after Derrick Henry got hurt for right. an extended period of time. They I mean, might get yeah. Henry back. That might be the only team that could beat the Patriots or the, the Chiefs in the AFC. Right. Um, Steelers are not the Patriots and the Chiefs. I don't think the Titans are going to struggle a whole lot. Um, 
there is something to be said about the, the, the style of these two teams, and this is kind of where Rabel comes in. He's got his team playing some pretty good defensive football mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, granted, it was the best game, best time in the world to, to play a, a Jaguars team, and that's that's quite a bit last week. But <laughs> they, they destroyed that team. Right. They utterly destroyed that team, and he had to have taken his foot off the gas because they could have scored right. way more than 20 points. But, but, Jacksonville, Tennessee is, but Jacksonville's really well coached, does ask him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just how, ask how him. that guy still has a job. That that's not going to end well. I I don't I don't know what they're thinking there, but um, you already spent that money. You're only spending more at this right, point. Exactly, but no, but they destroyed that team last week. I mean, it, you know, with, yeah, it was, it was bad. It, it, Titans are a good team. I, well, I really didn't think that they would be, but they're playing good football, and that's not a team look, the Steelers want to play right now. Look, I know Tannehill was a first-round pick by Miami, and he had been a wide receiver at Texas A&M when they moved him to quarterback late in his career, and he ends up being a first-round pick. Why has he had success as an NFL quarterback? He's not awesome and incredible. He's not going to go to the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but why has he been good? If I, it's impossible, I think, to, to boil it down very simply, but I think one of the biggest things is he can throw the ball deep, mm-hmm. and they've done a great job coaching to his strengths. And that's why you've that's seen the Titans have the success that they've had. That's a good point. Uh, by and large, not entirely, but again, I'll point to Arthur Smith. I think he did a great job with them. They set a good blueprint in place. To Other teams just don't seem to do this very well. And this is why Matt Nagy, here's another one, um, he's not going to be employed uh, beyond week 18, if not earlier. That was That's a team that, that doesn't seem to understand how to set its quarterback up for a high level of success, or at the very least, it waited way too long to figure that out with the guy that they just drafted. Right. What Tennessee has done, really, is just take Ryan Tannehill and let him be Ryan Tannehill. Don't try to do more with that. Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to, to, to mix things up too much. They have enough creativity within their offense, and they're, they're smart enough to do the things that they can do well and not variate from that. And really what that means, too, is, I, I know this is a, a, a crazy notion today, they're going to run the football, you know, yeah. because they can run the football well right. and they can throw off of it. So you're setting up a lot of your offense by being successful running the ball. Problem with running the ball, it isn't overall running the ball. It's when you're not successful and you can be unsuccessful running the ball a lot easier than you can being unsuccessful passing the ball because you don't have the upside to it. They can consistently uh, make plays in their running game to set up the passing game. And Tannehill can hit the ball deep down the field. That makes it really hard to crowd the box. And Henry can run wild. He's good enough to be able to, to see what's there. He's strong enough to drag for extra yards and, and pick up first down. They've consistently been able to do that. Now, without Henry, Tannehill's had to shoulder a lot more of the burden. A.J. Brown's been hurt as well. Right. They, they haven't had the toughest time of things, but they're still scheming uh, along the same lines. They're good enough to, to make Tannehill enough to, to be able to, to win the game. And they finally found the ability to play defense, fairly consistently at least. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulong. And we'll come back with Ryan Snyder next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. 
more than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. 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 Out of auto repair. 